We have, again, in this series of wonderful gospel readings, in the Gospel of Luke, which we are leading up now next week, we'll have a different gospel from the Gospel of Matthew because it's considered the Sunday before Christmas. And therefore, now we have, as we move closer to a major feast day, there's like a gravitational pull that pulls everything closer to it. And in fact, we will have a gospel reading that's specific to the forthcoming nativity of our Lord. Be that as it may, today we encounter another parable of the Lord. And as you know, parables are always meant to teach something. They're a story which Christ used to teach a lesson. And much of and many of us parents in the room today in the church will have used stories to be didactic for our own children with a meaning at the end of those stories. And Christ tells us of a man who gave a great banquet. All of us can imagine what a banquet is like because most of us, if not all of us, have been to a banquet. And if you haven't, on New Year's Eve, we're hosting a banquet here in this community. You can sign up and buy a ticket. <laughs> I'm not kidding, though. <laughs> a banquet, imagine if a banquet was like this. Everyone quiet, moping around, falling asleep. When you think of a banquet, though, you think of energy, excitement, joy, laughter, you know, this kind of overwhelming, beautiful dancing, right? We all dance at a banquet. This is the kind of banquet that these people were invited to. This was in the parable, let's say a wedding banquet. And he sends out one of his servants and says, tell them all, everything is ready, they can come right in. And it says, one by one, they started giving excuses. Now, the invitation, as many of you received, there's an RSVP. You have to respond to the invitation that you get. You can't ignore it. In fact, I know many a brides that have been very frustrated because they have not RSVP'd by the date and they don't know what to expect. But in this case, servant, the king sends out these servants, come back and tell me. Now, if we look at the parable as a metaphor, we can say that the first invitation was to all of those Israelites, that God invited them to be part of his kingdom. And they made excuses. Well, you know, uh, I'm not sure. Can you have me excused? It says uh, the first, I just bought a field. I just have to go out and check my field. You know, please have me excused. And he sends out a second servant. He says, go out to the sick people, the lame, the, all this. He says, you know, I can't come because I just bought some ox and I have to go test them out. And then it says, or he sees in the Greek, in a rage, the, you know, this great king says, go into every alleyway and just grab and force them to come in to my house because I want my house to be filled. And they said, we did that, and there's still room. Hmm. And then it ends with, I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. For many are called, many are called, but few are chosen. That's how the parable ends. 
So we can say the Old Testament Israelites, they gave excuses. And then he sends out another group of apostles that goes to the sick, the Gentiles, those who were not of the chosen people. And they make excuses. And then ultimately the invitation, friends, is for all of humanity. God's house is open for all of humanity. Now one of the most tragic things in the story is the phrase that reads, but they all alike began to make excuses. And the title I put to this week's sermon is Excuses, 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 Excuses. It's one thing to be invited to a wedding and to deny the invitation. It's an exponentially different thing to be invited into the kingdom of heaven, to be invited to be saved, salvation, and to not respond to that. It's incomprehensible. And so this for me, as I thought about today's parable, created a question. Why so many people are unable to find God? All the time. If I asked 100 people on the road, what does God mean to you? Maybe an Easter egg and a Christmas bunny or whatever it is, the Christmas tree. It seems like this is the answer, the excuses. Why can't we find God in our lives? Because we have a very hard time detaching ourselves from the modern little gods that we've created, the false gods. Some of us cannot detach from the pleasures of life. We love the good life. We love enjoying life, nothing wrong with that. But beware, the first step in the enjoyment of life is to be connected to God. We have a lot of fun in this community because we put God first. Similar to the, co- the captain on the soccer team, if you're not playing with the captain the right way, you're bound to fail. Whereas if you're connected to the captain, you can score a lot of good. There's another false god of maybe there's a sense of I have to become something in this world. That's more important than responding to the invitation. Maybe I want to seek some degree of power. And as long as someone primarily seeks these other things, I am telling you, friends, they will never, ever find the true living God. It's impossible. And I was thinking of my own life And sometimes how I respond to God's invitation. Isn't it true that sometimes we say to God, not now, I'm busy. I have important things to do. Lord, you know how busy I am. Look at my life. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. I got a soccer game at three. I have to go shopping at five. And it's a series, all good things. That's the trick. In life, you can present to God bulletproof excuses. I'm tired. I work today. I'm sleepy. It's Sunday morning. It's the only day I have off. Great excuses. But it begs the question, are you really responding to the invitation? If Jesus Christ were standing here right now, which he is, and many of you received him, right? If he was right in front of us, what would we really say 
if he was looking at the replay of last week? I'm terrified to answer that myself because what excuse could I make? We have sports on Sunday morning, Father. What am I supposed to do? Life is about choices. Life is about making priorities. Life is about teaching our children what those priorities are. I don't know. You know, Father, the weather was bad. It started snowing. I couldn't make it. If there was a soccer game, though, three feet of snow, we'd be going to the soccer game. I'm using humor to just make you understand sometimes how silly our excuses are to God. We make all kinds of excuses. And as I tell the kids at every single basketball game that we have, you know, they ask the clergy. If, if we're the home team, the home priest says a few words before the game. And I like telling the kids this. I think, Zografos, you would remember. I always tell them, friends, boys and girls, not a single player in the history of the Greek Basketball League has ever gone to the NBA. Not a single one. <laughs> Take it easy. And then I turn to the coaches and say, take it easy, take 10 breaths. This is not the NBA. Everything's going to be all right. You know? Oh, we got to play hard, Father. No one's going to the NBA, friend. Okay. So we make excuses. And I wonder what other excuses we make in the hidden part of our hearts. Because the truth is, friends, when someone doesn't want to do something, they will find a hundred excuses not to do it. And when somebody wants to do something, they will find a way to do it. Is it not true? When we really want to do something, we find a way. So we have to ask ourselves, what is it, what are the excuses we have all made to delay our response to God's invitation to enter his kingdom. Now, hopefully I made that clear. If I'm tied to these things over here, I can't get up there. If I'm tied with a rope to a stone, I can't run 100 yards that way. I'm tied down. That's the story of our lives. In order to seek salvation and respond, I have to let go of all these other excuses that I've made in my life. I have to look in the mirror, as someone said, and at least be honest when I look at myself in the mirror. It's one thing for me to fool all of you. It's another thing, fool myself when I look in the mirror. So we have to ask the very difficult, personal question. What has made me not respond? And this invitation, friends, is made by Christ every Sunday. And the big banquet that we are invited to is every liturgy. It's where, as I said many times, heaven and earth are mingled mystically, mysteriously. Somebody said, Father, you do these liturgies and there's no one in church. The church, friends, is never empty. The church is always filled with those generations of people who have gone before us. The church is never empty. 
Have we responded? From our hearts have we responded? If I invited each of you to come to my house for 52 times in a year, and 52 times you said to me, I'm sorry, Father, you know, I have something else. I'm sorry, Father, I can't make it today. I'm sorry, Father, we're going to have to. What is the impression you are communicating to me? I don't want to be with you. You are not important to me. You don't mean anything to me. But the beauty of our God, which I tried to convey to the kids is, no matter how many flops, failures, setbacks, and mess-ups we have, he's there to catch us. And no matter how many times we deny him the invitation, he keeps sending it. Because he's in a crazy way in love with us. It makes no human sense how much God loves us. Zero sense. And so that should be the encouraging moment here. That no matter what we've done and no matter how many times we have denied the invitation, God stands inviting. God stands at the door of the banquet hall saying, come here. I, I, I was waiting for you to come. Please. And know that this salvation is forever and that this salvation means no pain, no suffering, all the tears wiped, all the suffering gone, nothing but pure joy and laughter and dancing just like at a wedding. This is the great banquet. Every image we have, friends of the kingdom of heaven in the New Testament, is a banquet. It's sitting with the people you love, enjoying them, laughing, and feeling the joy of being together. Now imagine a banquet with us, with all of our forefathers and mothers, people we don't even know, and the saints. And you know Jesus is sitting over there, and we go and visit with him. And when we're going to sit with him, at least me, God willing, I'm going to ask him to answer me all of those question marks that I had in my life. Why the sudden death of that young person? Why the cancer of that young lady? Why? And he's going to say, now I will show you my infinitely smarter plan for humanity than your little brain. May God bless us. May we answer the invitation. We have liturgy every week. I mean, every day of this week coming up and the next week leading to Christmas. The invitation is open. Whoever can come, good. Also know, even if you're not here, we're still praying for all of you. We're still praying for our community, even those who have passed on. May God bless all of us.